such good playing. I want to sing, but I guess I'll forego that for the moment. Isn't isn't it good to be in the house of God tonight? It is the best place that you could ever be. There's something about coming into the four walls of the sanctuary. I know that we're the church. And I know that our commission is to take the church outside of the walls of the church and to help someone, to minister to someone, and to be strength for someone. But there's just nothing like gathering together as the manner of some is and just basking in the presence of the Lord together with one another. It is a glorious, glorious feeling that we feel in this place today. Do you feel it? Do you feel there's a sweet, sweet presence of the Holy Ghost in this place? I'm not exactly sure what will transpire by the end of this service, but I do know that anytime he is present, he is present to heal. And he is present to set free. And he is present to deliver. And he's present to speak that word into your heart and into your mind. When he comes to church, he's ready. When he comes and he shows up, he's ready to do it. And what that is, is whatever you need. He is very capable of performing it. And aren't you glad you serve a God like that? There's so many people out there that are serving gods that they sit down and those gods don't even move. They can't even speak. They can't even feel. They can't hear. They can't touch. But we have the privilege in 2019 to serve the one true risen God, Jesus Christ. The one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come. Our Redeemer. Don't you just love him? Don't you just love him? In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 6, now, normally whenever I stand here and preach, teach, I have my iPad, but I'm going to do it old school tonight. I've got some handwritten notes. So y'all pray that I'll be able to decipher my handwriting. Praise God. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16 says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see, and ask For the old paths, where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. Look at this last sentence. But they said, we will not walk therein. And verse 17 says, also, the Lord says, I set watchmen over you, saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. And look at this last sentence. But they said, We will not hearken. And so just for a few moments, I don't exactly know how this is going to go. I feel more of a teaching spirit in the place tonight rather than a preaching spirit. So this is what I need you to do before you're seated. I need you to look to the person beside you. Find someone and look them in the eye and say this, do not fall asleep. 
Look at them again and say, if you have to, stand during the preaching. But whatever you do, make sure you listen. And do not fall asleep. You may be seated in Jesus' name. As I said, I feel more of a teaching spirit in the place today. And so let me lay it out for you. This portion of scripture in Jeremiah, is God is speaking of Israel. Now, granted, God is speaking of Israel in the fashion that they are rebellious and that they have issues that go far beyond anything that they've ever had at the, in the present or in the past. They are steeped in idolatry, and as you can see by the last two lines of verses 16 and 17, they are in utter rebellion, and they are the farthest that they have ever been from the Lord at this point in time. And that's their situation. But I really do feel, and I really do believe that Maybe not totally, but I think that I have found a recipe in these scriptures that will help with your situation. Now, again, that was their situation. Now, what is your situation? You may be rebellious. Well, I suggest you fix it real quickly because rebellion is as witchcraft. And so I would fix that real quick. Are you purposefully running away from the Lord, well, I would turn around if I were you and, and make your way running back to Him. But that's not even what we're talking about tonight. Sometimes, as we are walking down the road of life, issues come up from time to time. Sometimes these issues Yes, we're brought upon our decisions, what we decided to do and how we decided to handle a situation. That's what we're faced with. However, there are some situations that as you're walking just kind of reaches up and slaps you right in the face. Comes out of nowhere and just smacks you right in the face. That is what we're talking about. I don't know why sometimes in life we are faced with such situations. I don't know. All I can tell you is that, and, and I, I don't mean to sound flippant, but that's life. The Bible says time and chance happeneth to us all, and it rains on the just and the unjust. But do those scriptures bring you comfort in your situation? Not really. Although it is a truth that sometimes we face situations that other people certainly have faced before, and that's a major key in what we're going to talk about tonight. And so, if you can envision with me tonight, a traveler. I was going to bring my luggage, a suitcase to carry around or to wheel around with me, but I forgot it. So just pretend. We're traveling down this road of life, and sometimes the pathway is pretty clear. It's, yes, this is the direction that I need to go, this is the way that I should go. However, there are times when the pathway is not real clear. And we find ourselves, instead of having one or two choices, we wind up having five. One, two, three, four, five different choices. Now, if, you were, if I were to ask you a question... Out of this church and the way that we have this set up, which aisle is used the most? 
What would you think? I don't have any hard statistics, so this is not a trick question. But out of the five choices that you have here, what choice is chosen more often than not? Honestly, if you think about it, I see more people walking up these two aisles and those two aisles more than this aisle, which is clearly almost double the size of each other aisle. And so it is sometimes our nature to not necessarily take the most direct path, or it's not our nature sometimes to take the most the path that is, has the most uh, space to it. But we sometimes take the path, we call it the path of least resistance, but it's the path that we see most people travel down, right? And so is that the correct path to choose? I don't know. But I think, and I do believe, that I have found, let me retract that from the audio the Lord has dropped it in my heart I didn't necessarily find it it's been there all along the recipe to health in situations like this and so let's take a close look at Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16 whenever you are walking down the road of life and you face situations, and you face circumstances, and you don't know what to do, you don't know where to go, there are multiple paths placed in front of you, and you don't know exactly which path you need to take, and you're frustrated, and you're scared, and you're unsure, and it's causing you to question Everything that you've ever experienced or even question your faith in the Lord. There's some steps that you can take to help. Now, before I go any further, look at somebody else that you didn't look at before and say, do not fall asleep. Whatever you do, do not fall asleep. So what is it that the first thing that we do when we come to a situation like that, we have to stand. To stand in the Hebrew means to take one's stand, to be in a standing attitude, to stand still, to stand upright. It is what a soldier does while on watch. You ever seen that? It's to be established, immovable, and standing upright on a single spot. Such standing is not just a standing still, but includes all that one does in ministering before God. And so whenever you're walking down this pathway and you come to a crossroad, so to speak, with multiple decisions... And you don't know which way to go. You don't know where to go. You don't know where this is going to take you or that's going to take you. Just stop. Just breathe. Just stand still. But this stand still does not mean do nothing. This stand still, as we have already mentioned, means to stand in one spot. Now, some of the commentaries say that this word means definitely do not sit down, but to stand. We're not in a seated position when we come to crossroads such as this. We're in a standing position. We have put our foot down, right, in one spot, and we realize that there are Several choices in front of us, and we don't know which one to go. So instead of just taking it on a whim and go in the direction you think is best, you just stop. Stand still. Stand firm. Do not 
sit down. But the key phrase in that is keep doing the things that cause you to minister unto the Lord. All right, I feel the need to do it one more time. Look at somebody else and say, do not fall asleep. And so the first thing we should do is to stand. Now, the next phrase in that scripture, if you would put that back up, Jeremiah 6 and 16 says, Stand ye in the ways. Now, yes, this word ways does mean pathways. It means a distance, however. It means a journey. It means a manner. It means conduct. It means condition. And it also means destiny. So, you are supposed to stand, just breathe, and know that you're standing in a distance, but you're standing on the precipice of a journey. You're standing in a manner in which you are to be. You're standing in the correct conduct. You're standing in the condition that you're in. And also standing in the destiny that you're, you have. And so although you may be in a certain condition right now, conditions does not determine destiny. Your condition is conditional upon the condition changer. I felt, I just, I felt like I just had a Brother Narlock moment. I don't even know what I just said. <laughs> but your conditions are conditional upon the condition maker. And so you don't have to be okay with the condition you're in. Just know that there is a destiny. And if you have to go through this condition to come to your destiny, well, that's life. But just take courage that you will probably not be in that condition all the time. Now, what ways are we talking about? Well, I'm certainly not going to stand in what I think my ways are because Proverbs 16 and 25 says this, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof, everybody, all the congregation, finish it. One more time. That's right. So there is a way that seems right to me, but more times than not, if I feel like it's right, then it's probably going to lead me to spiritual death. Now, if I relied upon my intellect and I relied upon my wisdom and my understanding, well, then that my... Uh, this is all wrong anyway, because if, if I could rely on my wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, then I would know which way to go, right? And so I'm in a situation to where I don't know which way to go, and you're in a situation to where you don't know which way to go. So don't rely upon what you think is right, because it's probably wrong. It seems right, makes sense. But stop, don't do anything, still come to church, love God, serve God, do everything you're supposed to do that you know is right, all the time knowing that you're frustrated, you don't know which way to go, and you just you feel like pulling your hair out. I understand. Looks like by the look of some of you, you already have pulled a lot of your hair out. But just stop. Your way is probably not the right way, okay? Because you've been placed in a situation. You've been placed in a circumstance to where you have to not rely on the arm of flesh. But you have to rely on the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So, just stop. Just breathe. All right? 
but stand in the ways, not your ways, God's ways. And let me tell you this. You may not know God's will, but you do know his ways. You may not know the will of God. I know that the will of God is this pathway. I may not know that. But what I do know is his ways. I know that I can't change who I am to change my circumstance. I know that I have got to keep coming to church. I know that I have got to keep living holy and living right. Oh, sometimes it's tough in your situation. I know. Sometimes you just want to reach up and knock somebody in the face. And I understand. I understand. Don't just breathe. (laughs) Don't do it. But you can't do stuff like that. You may not know his will, but you know his ways. You know you're supposed to come and worship. You know you're supposed to come and lift your hands and bring your sacrifice of praise. You know you're supposed to be here every time the church doors are open, if you're able to. You know, keep doing the godly things. So, although you don't know his will, you certainly know his ways. Amen. The next, Jeremiah 6 and 16. And see. That means to observe, to perceive, to get acquainted with, gain understanding, examine, look after, choose, or discover. And so we've, we're standing... We're standing in the ways, and now we're observing. I'm going to bring this with me. We're standing in the ways. This may not be the path that I need to take. However, I've got four more choices to to make or that I could take, but I'm just going to stand right here. I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm doing what I know is right. And I'm observing, right? I'm looking around. I'm looking at my situation. I'm looking at other people in their situation. And I'm trying to find something that I can use to help me in my situation. So look at somebody again and say, do not fall asleep. Okay. I'm perceiving I'm getting acquainted with my current condition, okay? I'm getting acquainted knowing that I'm in this condition, but I'm still looking for my way out, right? And I'm gaining understanding. I'm looking, and I'm trying to find what can I glean from in order to understand what I'm going through. Well, I can look at this situation and know that's definitely not the way that I want to handle my situation. Or, hey, so-and-so had this to go on, and, man, they kept their integrity. That's probably the way I want to go. Right? You're examining. You know, you know how a doctor examines? You know, they look everywhere. They look everywhere. supposed to be like a doctor. Examine everything. Examine your situation. Examine the condition. I guess I'm going to have to holler because now y'all are perked up. Look after. Choose. Or you can stand right here. You can look at your situation. You can look at and you can discover. You can discover something that you've never seen before. I don't know why I'm in this condition. I don't know why I'm facing this. I do not know why I have to make this certain decision. 
But what I do know is that I'm learning. I'm discovering. I'm trying to find out which path I need to take. So stand in the ways and see. And the next thing is ask. Ask. Simply put, that's pray. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. So, stand, see, and I want to pray. I'm going to pray. God, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why this person did this, and now I have to make this decision that's not fair. Life is not fair. How many times have we told that to our children? Every day. Life is not fair. Get over it, Noah. You know, all that kind of stuff. Life isn't fair. And, and I know, I'm not trying to be uh, show non-concern, but that is true. Life is not fair. We go through things sometimes that we feel like we shouldn't have to. And we're good people, right? Right? We're good people. But right smack dab in the middle of this recipe is prayer. You've got to pray. You've got to seek God's face. You've got to try to find out his will. While you're standing in his ways and you're observing everything, you've got to pray and ask for understanding to come your way. And if you would, go right back to Jeremiah 6. I'm sorry. I know you're bouncing back and forth. Ask. Pray. For what? It's right there. Pray for, ask for the old path. If you're facing a situation and it seems like it's fixing to take you down a new path, please stop. Stop it. Now, we all go into new ventures. That's not what I'm talking about. We all start new businesses, and we all go with what we feel is the leading of the Lord. We all go give our phone numbers to a certain young lady, or we try to talk to a certain young man, and we try to venture out into new things. I understand that, but that's not what I'm talking about. If you're facing a situation and it looks like it's going to take you down a road spiritually that's new, that no, seemingly no one's ever been down before, you better stop. Because more than likely, the direction that you need to go is on one of these old paths. A path that has been trodden by someone else. A trail that has been blazed by another person. Now, I know that we are commissioned by the world and by uh, self-help experts to blaze your own trail and be the, the hold your destiny in your hand. And I get that and whatever. But how about blaze a trail, continue to blaze the trail that was set before you? There's nothing new under the sun. That probably means there's no new pathway that you can take that's going to help you through your situation. You're going to have to go down an old road. Yeah, it may be grown up with uh, brush and debris, debris. That's how you spell debris, debris. It may be covered up with all that and rocks. And you don't, I mean, you may not can see a, a, a direct footpath, but. It's one of them old paths. You know, and there's comfort in those old paths. There's comfort in all of that. Old means eternity in the sense of not being limited to the present. It means the remotest time from the most distant past to the most distant future time. So old encompasses way back then. That road started way back yonder. 
and it's going to go for a very, very, very long time into the distant future. A path or pathway is trodden with feet. A path or pathway or also a traveler. And so, if you would throw Jeremiah 6 and 16 back up there and pray for the old path. So pray for the pathway. Pray that someone, a traveler, will come your way and try to help you. But you've got to pray that you can find that old path. Now, a lot of times we preach, and this is absolutely true. Don't disunder or don't under don't misunderstand me. An old path is not necessarily an old person. Okay? Now, it certainly can be. We are to look to our elders, the ones that have blazed that trail before us. But there are some elders that have fallen away. And so we don't necessarily need to look at the age, so to speak. That's not what it's talking about. But it's talking about that person or that pathway that has been constant for a long period of time. I'm telling you. Young people, listen to me. How about every young person stand up? What, Brother Clarence, what do we consider young people around here? 13 to 18 or whatever, 18 and under? Uh, no, not 50 and under. All right. Thir- what? Okay, 18 and under. Stand up. I want you to look. There are plenty of people in here that are older than you, Right? But you think you're so smart, don't you? You think that you are the smartest thing God ever put on this planet, don't you? No, yeah, you know you're not. Your mama and Yeah. But let me tell you something, young person. The people that are seated are way smarter than you. Yeah. What a revelation, right? You think that whatever you're going through, nobody's ever been through it before. Oh, yeah. In order for me to get to the age that I am, which is 40, my birthday is at the end of this month. Remember that, everybody? September the 30th, I'll be 40. All right. In order for me to have gotten to this age, I've had to have been this age. You can't bypass something like that, right? I've had to have been your age. And all of these other people, these gray-haired people, and these elders around here, they've all been your age. And you think that what you're going through is something that's brand new. It's just fell out of the sky or crawled out of a hole from hell itself. I don't know. But you think it's something totally new. But there's nothing new under the sun, young people. What you're going through, we've been through it before. There's no peer pressure that you can face that we have never faced. There may be different degrees of it. There's no whatever that we haven't been offered and had to resist. I'm telling you, young people, you have a wealth of knowledge and wisdom and understanding right here seated in these pews. I urge you, if there, I beseech you, as the Bible says, do not let a service go by that you do not go to an elder. And you say, thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. Because let me tell you something. I got up from Pastor Morell's seat earlier today And I don't know how long I walked today, but I walked a long time today, and I walked a lot of inclines. It was a little tough, and so I'm a little sore right now, okay? And all these 
older people, people that are older than me, yeah, they're a little sore. They're a lot sore, some of them. They can hardly move. That's a fact, ain't it? Am I right or am I right? I'm right. I know I am. However, the fact of the matter is, they may not be able to leap like you can. They may not be able to take an aisle or run like you can. And I've come to the, I still take a laugh every once in a while, but I go a whole lot slower than I used to. And believe it or not, when we was in our old church, when we had real pews, I used to run the backs of the pews. Boop, boop, boop. I'd get to the back pew, I'd turn around on that pew and come straight back. I'm telling you. When you go down to Brother Beasley's church, boy, you, you encounter a lot of things. We used to do piggyback rides down there when we were young. We'd be worshiping. I'd look at a brother. I'd say, jump on. He'd jump on the back and we worship in the Lord in the piggyback. <laughs> I know. Sounds crazy. But, hey, we felt God when we did it. I know that sounds crazy. The point, of, <laughs> the point that I'm making is this. Whenever you get caught up in your own little your, your, your little peer group, that's good. Grow with one another. Help each other. But if you're ever facing a situation that you just don't know what to do, you need to look to an old pal. Not to an, again, not saying an old person, but somebody that's been there before. Somebody that has walked down that path. Somebody that is constant. If you promise not to fall asleep, you can have a cigarette. You need to search for the old paths. I really didn't think I'd be up here this long. My wife was hoping that I wouldn't be. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 7 says this. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee. Ask thy elders, and they will tell thee. If you need to know something, you need to seek out someone that's traveling down that old path. And if you ask, they will help. I promise you. They will pray with you. They will help you. Middle-aged people, young people, elder people. Like I said, if the old paths meant older people, whatever older people is, well, I don't know what age you consider to be older people, who do they have to look to? They don't have anybody older than they are. So who are they going to look to? They're going to travel down that old path. They're going to find someone that's been constant. They may be younger than they are, but they've been on that path a long, long time. Ask thy father, and he will show thee. Thy elders, and they will tell thee. Listen to this. 1 Kings chapter 12, a little bit of reading. Let me set the stage for you. Solomon is dead. And because he got caught up and he chose the wrong path, he got caught up with uh, what is it, 700 wives and 300 concubines and they all served different gods and he built high places for them to worship their own god. Basically, he backslid. And because he's in this condition, God is going to divide the kingdom of Israel. But he's not going to do it in his time for David's sake, his father. But he's going to do it in the time of his children. And so, Rehoboam is the new king. And here we go. Thy father. They, this is Jeroboam. Excuse me. Jeroboam and the people of Israel are coming to Rehoboam saying this. Thy father made our yoke grievous. Now look at that. Solomon was the wisest man in the world. There's never been anyone as wise as he is. But, however, in his condition towards the end, obviously he, he got off on the wrong path. Because to be so wise, 
he made everybody's yoke grievous. Now therefore make thou the grievous service of thy father and his heavy yoke which he put upon us lighter and we will serve thee. And he said unto unto them, depart yet for three days, then come again to me. And the people departed. And King Rehoboam consulted with the old men. Wow. That's awesome. That stood before Solomon, his father, while he yet lived. He found some old men traveling down an old path that have been there before. And said, how do ye advise that I may answer this people? What should I tell them? And they spake unto him, saying, If thou wilt be a servant unto this people this day, and wilt serve them, and answer them, and speak good words to them, then they will be thy servants forever. (laughs) But he forsook the counsel of the old men, which they had given him, And consulted with the young men that were grown up with him and which stood before him. And so basically, he forsook the advice of the people on that old path and decided that he's going to see what the people on the new path have to say. Right? And so they did. And they told him what he should do. And he forsook that counsel of the old path and the old men. And he decided to do this. And he said unto them, What counsel give ye that we may answer this people who have spoken to me, saying, Make the yoke which thy father did put on us lighter. In verse number 12. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day. As the king had appointed, saying, come to me again the third day. So now everybody's coming back to see what he has to say. And he said, and the king answered the people roughly and forsook the old men's counsel that they gave him and spake to them after the counsel of the young men, saying, my father made your yoke heavy, and I will add to your yoke. My father also chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. traveled down the wrong path, but it was a path that was a new path that was blazed before him by people that had never been in his situation before, and a path that he certainly didn't need to be on, and because of that decision, the kingdom of Israel was divided, and so there was rebellion, the Bible says, from that day forward, there was rebellion unto this day in Israel. That goes to show you you shouldn't travel down wrong paths. Now, let's go back to Jeremiah 6 and 16. As for the old paths, where is the good way? That's amazing, ain't it? The good way is the way that you should be in, and that's found in the old path. Not something new, not something fancy, not something shiny, not something that necessarily draws your attention, but it's that old path that you need to travel. The good way means to be good, to be pleasing, to be joyful. So basically, if you stand in in the ways, in his ways, and you're observant, and you try to find something that you can glean from, and you ask, you pray for the old paths, huh? That's where you'll find the good way. And that way is a pleasing way. That way is a joyful way. It's a beneficial way. It's a pleasant way. It's a favorable way. And it's a happy way. And another meaning of that is it's the right way. And then it goes further to say, walk therein. That means to go, to walk or behave. Figuratively, it means to live this way. Make this way your manner of life. Let me, let me back up. Figuratively, it means to live this way. Make this, your, make this way your manner of life and die this way. 
And so, this is a recipe that you should that you should live by, that you should make this the manner of your life, and you should die in this way. There's no new way. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 19. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. He will be very gracious unto thee at the voice of thy cry. When he shall hear it, he will answer thee. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner any more, but thine eyes shall see thy teachers. And listen to this, thine ears, this is amazing, thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. And so what that means is you're walking down the road and you're walking and you're walking down your path and, oh, yeah, here's the right way to go right here. And then all of a sudden you'll hear a voice behind you say, oh, no, it's not the right way. This is the right way. Walk in this way. Isn't that amazing? So, although we find ourselves walking, sometimes we're aimlessly walking down a road. And, uh, yeah, we, we just, we, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. But then, if you are sensitive to the Holy Ghost, and you listen, and you're standing, you're standing in the ways, right? You're seeing, you're looking, you're asking for the old paths. You're walking in the way that you know is the right way. When you veer off a little bit, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, that's not the way to go. You need to walk this way. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. So basically, that's Isaiah prophesying that one day you'll have the Holy Ghost. That will lead and guide you in all directions. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely amazing. Jeremiah 6, 16. And walk therein. And ye shall find rest for your souls. The word find means to find, finding someone or something that is lost or misplaced. Or finding where it is. So that says... You shall find rest. So are you feeling unrest? Are you unsure? Do you not know which way that you should go? Rest is a state of refreshment in, in life, a state of renewal for one's life and soul. And so walking down this road of life, do you ever get to the point to where you're just a little uneasy. Like, I don't, I don't feel peace about this. And I know that I, I, I don't think I should go that way. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I should go this way. But this, that way looks like it's the right way. And I'm confused. And I just don't know. I don't know which way to go. I've misplaced the rest that I'm supposed to be walking in. I've misplaced that feeling of comfort. And it's the bread of adversity. It's the water of affliction. I'm trying to find that rest. But if you follow this recipe, I really do believe that you will find that place of rest. You will find that place that gives you that refreshment. And it gives you that nourishment for your soul. I guarantee you, you talk to some of these people that's been around for a long time. They've had to face situations and circumstances. And they've had to pray for things for years. 
And so they've been standing at a crossroads in some aspect or another for years trying to find direction. Sometimes it takes time to find the right path. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, you can pretty much, in your observant, with your observant eye, you can pretty much look at it and say, I hate to be critical, but there's some people that you know that you look at and you see the road that they're walking and you're like, I don't want to walk down that road. Not because of the circumstance that they're going through or the situation that they're going through, but because of the way that they're handling their situation or their circumstance. I don't want to go down that road. But then there's other people that you can look at and you're like, you know what? They have fought, seemingly they have fought hell itself. And they have maintained their integrity. They're holding, they're standing firm. They may feel like a, they may, they, inside they may feel like a spaghetti noodle. It's just flailing around. But at least on the outside you can tell that they're, they're strong strong and they're standing in their ways. Amen. And so now, let's wrap this up. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. This is Jesus speaking. Now, obviously, there's a way that you can follow, and it's simply put, it's Jesus. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But sometimes it's hard to navigate. There's troublesome waters out there. And sometimes it's hard to navigate through these waters. And you want to be like Peter, and you want to step out onto the water. But you're fearful, and you're scared, and I understand. But he is the way. Look at this. This is, I, I just can't, I can't describe, I, I don't have the words to describe what this means to me. You remember hearing about Rehoboam and how that his decision, they were talking about the, the grievous yoke of his father. And he said, I'm going to make your yoke or this yoke, I'm going to make it so much stronger. And that caused division and that caused rebellion in Israel, right? Look at this. Jesus comes on the scene and he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And like verse Jeremiah 6, 16 says, And I will give you rest. You go back to Matthew. Now verse 29. Take my yoke upon you. And learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. I'm not like Rehoboam. I'm meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. And the following verse says, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And so what happened thousands of years ago with Rehoboam, division and rebellion, Jesus comes on the scene to mend that. And he says, the yoke that you were under in the times past, that's, that's no more. Come unto me. I'll help you. And so let's come to the music. Isaiah 28, 11 through 12 says this. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest, wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Now, one other aspect I want to talk about in closing is 
verse 17 of Jeremiah chapter 6. That says also, okay, you got to remember now, they said we're not going to walk therein. He said, well, okay. All right. So I understand that you're not going to you're not going to follow this recipe right here on your own. So this is what I'm going to do. Also, I set watchmen over you, saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hearken. And so basically what God is saying is when you are in a situation and you want to walk down that road, regardless of you knowing that that's the wrong road to take, you willfully want to walk down a road that you are pretty confident that's not the road I need to be on. He said, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to set a watchman. I'm going to give you a pastor that's going to sound forth the trumpet to get your attention. And so if you want to be stubborn, you want to be rebellious, and you don't want to walk in the path that you know is right, then I'm going to send you a pastor that's going to help to help you and lead you and guide you in the way that you should go. And God forbid that you should not hearken to his voice. I'm asking a rhetorical question when I say this. I'm not asking directly to this congregation. But I'm just saying... What are you looking for? We get this idea that God speaks whenever we hear his voice. Or that when a preacher that we don't know, we've never seen before, calls us out and says, thus saith the Lord. When it wasn't the Lord saying anything at all, we think that that's the way that God speaks to us, but oh, contrary. God can. Don't get me wrong. But the most that you're going to hear from God and the most frequently that you're going to hear from God and the most surely that you're going to hear from God is when Pastor Kenneth Morrell steps up to this pulpit because he's your shepherd. You're the flock, right? He's your shepherd. And so, I don't know what you're looking for. We have the best pastor ever. Yeah. I heard three amens. You know, this is on recording, so I'll say it again. We have the best pastor in the world. And so why wouldn't you want to listen to him? Why wouldn't you want to just just soak in everything that comes across this pulpit from your pastor? Because I'm telling you, that is God speaking to you. God's most most of the time God's not going to come up to you when you're in some dark corner somewhere. And he's going to speak to you. He can. Don't get me wrong. But most of the time, you're going to hear it from right here. Last verse. And then we'll get ready to go. Song of Songs, chapter 1. Everybody, if you would, stand to your feet. Tell me. Now we all know about the Song of Songs and how it is depiction of love between two people. And it says, this is the lover talking to the bride. And she's he's not saying to empty the trash. <laughs> but what this is is this is a depiction of God speaking to the bride. Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth, where thou feedest, where thou makest thy flock to rest at noon. For why should I 
be as one that turneth aside. Now stay right here at this verse. Why should I be as one that turneth aside by the flocks of thy companions? So God is looking for his bride. He's looking for the love of his life. He's looking for the one that he died for. And he said, I shouldn't have to find you going to your friend or going this way. I should be able to find you directly. I should be able to know where you're doing your business and and where you're at. But if there ever is a time when you veer away, verse 8, if thou know not, O thou fairest among among women, go thy way forth by the footsteps of the flock and feed thy kids beside the shepherd's tents. So basically, I believe, and I strongly feel that when we get into situations and, and we don't know which path to take and we can't find our rest and we, we need it badly and we need help from God and we just don't know where it's going to come from, we veer off. God is looking for you to come back. Well, a surefire way that you can find your way back is if you walk the way of the church, right? Go thy way forth by the footsteps of the flock. So it's not time to leave church. It's not time to backslide. It's not time to rebel against the church. It's not time to speak ill will against the church. It's not time to be mad at the church. It's time to follow in the footsteps of the church and feed thy kids beside the shepherd's tents. Go the way of the church. Find the direction that your pastor is at and stay right there. If you just absolutely don't know which direction you need to go in any situation, whether it's a small thing that can mean a great deal or whether it's a big thing, it doesn't matter. If you just don't know which way to to go, just stay in church and back your man of God and love your pastor and feed your kids beside the shepherd's tent. Let your pastor feed your kids. Let your pastor feed you. Don't forsake him. So, The title of this message is just simply rest. And so have you lost your rest? Do you not know where your rest is? And I really, really do apologize. It's 8.58 now. I was hoping to be done by 8.30. But I'm not asking you. If you want to come to the altar, you can. That's up to you. If you just want to, as you gracefully leave the church, if you just want to, I don't know. I know it's late, and I apologize tremendously. But whatever you want to do, if you feel like that you lost your way, just remember, stand firm, stand strong, right? In God's ways, be observant. Pray and pray and ask those people that are in the old paths and walk therein because that's the good way. And you'll find rest for your soul. And then follow the man of God. Stay in tune with the church. That's it. That's that's how you can get through your situation and your circumstance. And so how about this? Let's just lift our hands and let's just pray. And let's just thank God for his love, his mercy, and the direction that he takes us. Jesus, we are so very thankful for the direction that you have brought us in. Ask me how it is. My God, we appreciate you and we thank you for your blessings. 
for the blessing to know, God, that there is a whisper behind us that helps us, leads us, and guides us, and directs us, oh God, in the way that we should go. Lord, as we stand at a crossroad and we don't know which way to go and where we need to be, God, I pray that you'd help us to stand, stand in your ways and help us to glean knowledge from other people and help us, God, to pray and seek for those old paths, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus, and help us to walk in those ways. Oh, God. We thank you for your direction, God. We thank you for the way that you take us. Lord, although sometimes it's a difficult way and it's a hard way, Lord Jesus, we thank you for the way. Hallelujah. We bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. And I held on till the storm was over. Hallelujah, Jesus. I don't claim to be. supporting the ministry of Higher Praise Tabernacle. You're an awesome group of people. Don't ever forget that. You are. Thank you, Jesus. So, go. Go find the rest that you need and uh, come back Sunday. And boy, howdy, we're going to have church in Jesus' name. We love you. We appreciate you. And I guess they'll throw the uh, announcements on the screen as you leave. Please pay attention to that. Sorry for keeping you so late. I love you. Bye.